listening to the Save the Marriage podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Bauckham as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life, starting right now. Well, if you've been paying attention for the past couple of weeks on the Save the Marriage podcast, you know that I've been taking questions from listeners, and I'm going to continue doing that for a while. It's been an interesting process. And so if you're interested in submitting a question for me to answer on the podcast, you want to send it to podcast at savethemarriage.com. That's podcast at savethemarriage.com. I've had quite a few people uh, write in. You may not surprise you, but quite a few people with questions. Now, I can't answer everybody's questions, and I want to give you the best opportunity for yours to be chosen. So here are the kind of the I'm kind of guess the the Goldilocks principle. There are some people who ask a question that is way too broad and some people who are way too specific. And I'm looking for a mid-range question. So what does that mean? Well, the way too broad is when somebody says, how do I save my marriage? Uh, I've gotten a lot of questions about just how do I save my marriage? And it may not surprise you to know that I've already done a lot of work on that. In fact, I wrote a book and created a system on just that topic. And so when people say, how do I save my marriage? I refer them to the system or the book. How to Save Your Marriage in Three Simple Steps is that book. Uh, Now, remember when I say simple, I don't mean easy, but they are direct. It's a very simple approach to that. So if that's of interest, you can find that by going to savethemarriage.com slash book. That's if, if, so if that's your question, how do I save my marriage, savethemarriage.com slash book. Or if you really want an in-depth process, a way of getting to that, that's the Save the Marriage system. And you can find that by going to savethemarriage.com. Then at the other end are those who have such a specific question that it really is only about their situation. In other words, if I were creating the podcast to answer their question, I would only be answering it for one person, and that doesn't make a lot of sense given the thousands of people who listen to this podcast. And so what I'm looking for is that Goldilocks place of just right. You know, one's too broad, one's too narrow, the other is just right. So if you're looking to submit, that gives you some guidelines to do that. And by the way, uh, when you submit, please tell me how you want me to reference you, what name you want me to use. The reason I say that is because, you know, some people don't want me to use their name, but they don't tell me anything else to use. And so today I'm varying that name a little bit. I'm just going to call you Jared. So Jared wrote in and said, how do you deal with long-term bitterness and resentment? So then Jared goes into a lot of information about what happened in the situation. But the question really is about that long-term bitterness and resentment. It's a great question. In fact, it's a question that's so important that I created one module in the Save the Marriage system that is specifically aimed at how you deal with that, how you heal that uh, piece of the puzzle, not just for yourself, but with your spouse also. So let me just notice one piece that often happens with people when they're dealing uh, with this, and that is they get into this competition of who's been hurt worse, right, Of, of who has a hard time with that. And whenever we get into that competitive place with the spouse, there's something that's missing. And the, the thing that's missing from that is when we have compassion. So let's back up a little bit and let me talk a little bit about where this resentment comes from, because we want to shift over to that compassion. And that's where we want to spend our time 
And compassion is both for the other person who is stuck in that position and for you too. So, Jared, I want to talk specifically not to your minutia of your details, which is a kind of a coaching question, but to your bigger question of how do you heal this anger and resentment? So first of all, let's talk about resentment, the bitterness and resentment. Where does that come from anyway? So resentment is what happens to all of us when we don't move through anger. Resentment, bitterness, it's the same thing. It's, it's kind of a systemic infection that comes when anger is not addressed in the situation. So why isn't anger addressed? Well, because we don't recognize where that comes from. We are kind of wired as humans to react to angry people from a defensive posture, which means that we, instead of looking like we're just defending, are looking like we're attacking. So when you put two angry people in a room, they're going to continue escalating that situation. But there's something that we kind of misunderstand as humans many times. We think that we're angry and and that we have a right to be angry. And what we fail to notice is there's something else behind the anger. And that's hurt. So let's track this back step by step. First, we have resentment. But if we back that up a little bit, we recognize that we have resentments because we have anger that's never been addressed. We have anger because hurt is not addressed. And in fact, we often lead with anger instead of hurt because hurt can feel very vulnerable. I just kind of want you to think way back to our ancestors. You know, let's say that they feel like an enemy is coming upon them. You know, they're not going to act in a hurt, hurted, hurt way, right? They're not going to say, hey, I just want to let you know that it's kind of scary when you're coming at me and it really hurts my feelings that you want to destroy my village and it hurts me that you are dead set on destroying all of my people, right? Instead, we would have responded with a defensive posture, an angry posture, a, a way of defending by pushing forward. Anger is a forward-pushing emotion. Hurt is one that pulls away. Hurt is also one of vulnerability. Because of that, we are kind of wired in this place where we don't want to admit our hurt. We're much more capable of showing our anger. So notice how all of this begins to fit together. There is hurt that we outwardly show as anger, which can often provoke an angry response, and that provocation to a spouse creates this angry response. So now we have two people who are angry, but inwardly both are hurt. That's not addressed, and that rolls out into resentment. And so we have a long-term stuck place where uh, what we are dealing with is bitterness, often between two people. In my career as a therapist, I noticed how often I had two people who felt equally uh, right, self-righteous and equally felt that they had a right to be angry, to be bitter, to be upset because in their mind, their spouse had been the provocator. We get into this cycle and that cycle means that we keep pushing back against the other person instead of revealing something that's far more vulnerable. And that is our hurt. The interesting thing is when we lead with hurt, it often changes the whole process. And this is this is one of those things that when couples are at their healthiest and at their better place, when something hurts them, they're able to say, ouch, 
that hurt. That hurt my feelings. Ouch. I really can't understand where that was coming from. And what happens when we are at a lesser place many times in life? We come with anger. And so when we feel hurt, we lash out with an, oh yeah, well you, right? And we attack in order to create a strong defense and not allow our hurt to be pushed on. You know, if you have something hurt, you tend to guard it. Whether it's physical or emotion, that's just what we do. Uh, sometimes when I'm hurting, I, I realize this, and this is a physical hurt. Uh, you know, I, I do jujitsu, and so I'm kind of aware of where my body is. And sometimes I'm hurting something, and so I'm guarding it from somebody pushing on it. Because I don't want that to be a vulnerability, right? I don't want that to be the reason that I lose a sparring match because I allow them, you know, to hit a shoulder or hit an arm or hit a rib or something that's hurting that day. And so I defend it. You know, I, I try to keep it out of the mix, which also means that I'm trying to overpower from another direction. It's not anger that I use in that moment, but I am attacking from a different place. And that's what happens in relationships. Instead of us being willing to say, hey, my feelings are hurt. Hey, that hurt me. Hey, that really is painful what you just said or what you just did. We lash backwards. We lash in that, that lead of anger. And that's the problem. Okay, so we've kind of set the scenario. When you talk about bitterness and we talk about resentment, now you know where the roots of that lie. Back up a little bit to anger. When that's not addressed, it becomes a systemic issue and becomes that resentment. Back up a little past anger and you get to the place where we're really talking about hurt. That's the cause. When we see anger, we know that somebody is either hurt or feels threatened. They're defending themselves. They're defending the hurt place, the vulnerability or the threat. So now that gives us a different target. So Jared, that, the reason I wanted to walk through that is because now you see that what you're trying to deal with is not the anger and resentment. It's actually, we're dealing with hurt. We're trying to back up to a different place. So what does that entail? How do you get to that place? Well, one of the things that I um, want to point out is a key part of my process, beginning point of the process is about making an apology and making a change. You'll notice when I talk about those three simple steps, the, the middle step is changing yourself. Now, I'm not saying you have to fix yourself. I'm just saying that we all have places where we can grow, where we can improve ourselves, where we can be at our better self. And so because of that, we can work on changes once we take responsibility responsibility. Love that word, ability to respond. I've talked about that many times before, but that taking responsibility means I'm going to change how I move forward, how I respond to these same situations in the future. So part of what I suggest is that people do an apology letter. Now the apology letter, I, have, I do have a formula for that. It's a little involved and so it's a little more advanced than what I provide in the system. I provide it for members of my VIP virtual coaching program. And by the way, if you grab the system, I actually offer you a free week of that VIP program just by asking when I offer it to you. I will give you this warning. It is the only time I say that on that page. It's the only time I give that free week 
Uh, and uh, when you take me up on that, it truly is that free week. You just say, hey, I don't want any more, and we cancel your account after that week. So there is a place for people to get that, but I'm looking for people who are stepping up into really taking this seriously. And, and, and part of that is saying, hey, yeah, I'll take that next step and I need some more help. I recognize I need that. Some people feel great about writing their own apology letter. That's super. If you feel good about that, great. The apology letter, though, is an essential piece. Now, the apology letter, though, is step one. A lot of times people say, think that this apology letter, they say that I'm trying to trick the other person. Not at all. That apology letter is serious. It should be taken very seriously. It should be really a place where you spend some time thinking about where you can recognize your, your shortcomings, where you can recognize that maybe you, you weren't your better self, you weren't your best self that you would want to be, and maybe hurt the other person uh, and need to take accountability for that. It's an accountability letter. Now, here is the second piece of that. If you write a letter and nothing changes, you never really apologized. When we apologize and continue to do the same thing over and over again, the apology is just trying to get out of trouble. You know, it's kind of like when we were kids and our parents are grabbing us by the scruff of the neck and telling us we better apologize for what we did. We'll apologize, but that doesn't mean we mean it, right? The only way we mean it is, is when we change our behavior, And so while step one is that apology letter, step two is making the changes necessary to not continue repeating that same behavior. So apology and change is a big piece of that. You're addressing the hurt at that point because when you address the hurt, then there is a place for there to be some changes in that hurt, that anger and resentment. It kind of flows through. When my hurt is addressed, it calms my anger. When my anger is calmed, the resentment kind of falls away. So instead of trying to directly address the resentment, you address the hurt by making that heartfelt apology and then making changes. Now, I do want to remind you of some limits. It's the limits of getting a spouse to do anything. Just to be clear, you're, it's not in your capacity of making other people do things. You can't make somebody give that up. You can make an invitation for them to give up the resentment, to move beyond the anger. It's a, an invitation. So whenever people uh, talk to me about how can I get my spouse to do something, I get a little bit nervous, a little bit anxious about that language because you can't get somebody to do something. You can create the scenario where they're invited into that, but you can't get them to do it. You can't make them do that. One of the things that we often fall into is trying to control things we cannot control and not controlling the things we can control. We can't control the emotional state of another person, but we can look at how we're driving that with our own behavior, how we're creating the circumstances that lead to that uh, feeling for the other person, that lead to how they're doing. So for instance, I don't think that you can make somebody forgive you, but you can apologize and give them the opportunity of moving towards forgiveness. Now that's it. I do believe that you can choose to forgive somebody even if they don't apologize. I just recognize that that's the difference between who is hearing my message. If you have your own anger and resentment, You can deal with that by working towards forgiveness. Remember, I talked about that, the difference between competition and compassion in the beginning. Couples get into this competition with resentments. 
competition to the right to be angry, the right to hold on to the resentments. And when that happens, you get frozen in that space. When that happens, it's hard to move beyond it because you get so frozen into that state. And so part of what you want to do in this process is be clear about what you can control. Here is what you can control, and they're all yours. Your aspirations, your attitude, and your actions. That's all you can control. You can't control your spouse's actions. You can't control your spouse's emotional state, what attitude they have, what hopes and dreams, that's their aspirations. None of that is within your control. But you can control your own. You can choose your dreams and your hopes. You can't choose your fears. You can't stop having fears. So I don't have that in what you can control. But you can control what you aspire to. You can control control your um, attitude, which is, do I have an attitude of figuring this out? I can move through this. I can be okay. I can move beyond this. Not an attitude of I'm going to be at the top of the world all the time. That's you know the positive attitude. It's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about choosing an attitude of I'll figure this out. I'll take the next step. I'll continue moving forward. And our actions, what we say, what we don't say, what we do, what we don't do, that does have a huge impact on what your spouse perceives, what your spouse feels, how the threat, how the fears come across, how the hurt come across, and that can begin to process that healing. So part of what you want to work on And this is for your question, Jared. You want to work on being accountable for the actions that you've done that have hurt your spouse's uh, feelings, that have felt threatening and led to the anger, which has now led unresolved to the resentment and the, the bitterness. You want to do that by, one, taking that accountability and making the changes necessary. Two, by healing your own anger and resentments. Don't out anger or out resent your spouse. There is nothing to be gained from who is going to out-martyr the other person or who is more deserving of holding on to their hurt and pain. Don't get caught in that trap. Now, if you find yourself you know, at this point saying, okay, I still need more help, there are a couple options. One is I would suggest grabbing the Save the Marriage System. It does have a full module on healing your own anger and resentment and your spouse's anger and resentment. So that's included. It kind of gives you steps to do that. Beyond that, you also have the capacity of uh, working on um, your own place of anger and resentment. You can work on that module and save the marriage. And here's a big suggestion. When I make the offer while you're grabbing the system at savethemarriage.com, take me up on that free week of VIP. Take me up on the free week of the virtual coaching The formula for the apology letter is there. It's right there for you to walk right through and you can get help in that process. And if you still found yourself stuck, if you find yourself not able to to move through your spouse's uh, guard, right? Your spouse has built up a big wall and you can't get beyond that. That might be a time to get some extra coaching. If you can't move through your own anger and resentment, it is definitely a time to get some help with that, whether it's a coach or a therapist, somebody to help you walk through that. We do have a team of coaches on staff that can work with you, but make sure you attend to your own anger and resentment, Jared. That will help you um, process it at a different place. You can move to a place of compassion. Usually when people recognize that anger comes from hurt, the compassion kicks in because we want to work and help somebody move through their hurt. Anger is repelling, but hurt that pulls us towards somebody. 
So make sure that you're uh, working on your own to shift away from the anger and back towards the hurt. Make sure you're addressing your spouse's hurt, not uh, addressing the anger because that's going to lead to that stuck point. But get help on that. Savethemarriage.com is where you grab the system. Say yes when I offer you a free week. Let's get that going. Let's get it healed. Jared, thanks for writing in. I appreciate your question. If you've got a question for other people, if you've got a question, remember, we're looking for that Goldilocks principle of finding the just right, not so broad that uh, it's kind of something that I've already put in my system and not so narrow that it might be only applicable to you and maybe two or three other people but something that gives me a a midpoint. You can give me details, just like Jared asked, how do I heal the anger and resentment? And then he gave me other details, but the big question was about that. You can do that by sending me an email at podcast at savethemarriage.com. That's podcast at savethemarriage.com. And grab my system at savethemarriage.com. That's straight up savethemarriage.com. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you work to save your marriage listening to Save the Marriage podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com.